And welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network, and we're going to talk about a few things tonight, not just about Ukraine, because that's all you hear about. You turn on the TV news, Fox News, wall-to-wall coverage of what's happening in Ukraine. And I'm not saying it's not newsworthy, but there are other things happening in the world and in our country that the Biden administration would like to not have us know about. Inflation, price of gasoline, and the economy. What, what the Biden administration is doing to Russia, as long as we're going to talk about Russia and the Ukraine, I'll spend a couple of minutes on it. Tucker Carlson pointed this out the other night, and he's spot on about this. Nobody is talking about what this administration is doing to a sovereign nation. Biden has declared basically an economic war against Russia as a result of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. America has not been invaded. We've not been attacked. No Americans have been killed in Ukraine. Maybe I think there was one reporter. But he's destroyed or is in the process of destroying Russia's currency. He's just not doing much for our currency either, Biden. And this is unbelievable. And the media is ginning up all this hysteria over Ukraine with images of women and children getting getting killed. And I mean, that's it's awful. But that happens in every war. I'm not saying it, we, we shouldn't hear about it. But as I've said before, I mean, Russia's being made out to be the, the bad guy in this and, and somehow Ukraine the good guy. Now, that's easy to see why people would think that. I mean, Russia's a big, powerful country, powerful militarily anyway. And Ukraine is a, a smaller nation. And there's some bad blood between these two, two nations. Going back, well, way back to the ninth century, but in more recent memory into the 1930s, where Joe Stalin starved as many as four million Ukrainians in his reign of terror. Joe Stalin had 25 million people murdered in his reign in Russia over 25 years. Now, there's some people in the media trying to compare Putin to to Stalin, which is ridiculous. Putin is not Joe Stalin. He He has not murdered 25 million people. He hasn't set up gulags. And he's not crazy. And I want to repeat myself. We've talked about this a couple of times. And I, Kamala Harris said something over the weekend. I think she said in Poland. And she said that Ukraine, all Ukraine wants to do is be a part of NATO. Well, that's the problem. Russia does not want Ukraine to be a part of NATO. But I mean, I want to focus a little bit because we're getting sidetracked here about what's happening uh, in this country. And a lot of people don't realize really what's happening. I think he wants to keep the American people focused on well, you know, whether it's Ukraine, Russia, wherever, he doesn't want Americans focused on what's happening nationally. And it's hard not to focus. We know about inflation. We have to buy milk and eggs and bread and gasoline. Americans are experiencing what's happening, what this administration is doing firsthand. Inflation, 8%. I mean, we can't sustain this for very much longer than Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, said probably for the rest of the year we're going to see high prices. And Biden said over the weekend, and he said, I'm tired of hearing about inflation, about the government spending is what's causing inflation. He's blaming the oil companies. And he's lying to you. Inflation is the direct result of government spending. The government is printing money. That's what's happening here. There's more money in circulation. That means the money that's in circulation is worth less because there's more of it. Somebody likened it years ago. This always stuck in my head. 
It's like if you have a bowl of punch. If you keep adding water to the punch, what happens to the punch over time? It gets weaker. The value of the currency becomes weaker if you inflate the currency. The government is inflating the currency. That's what's causing inflation. It's not high prices that's causing inflation. It's the other way around. But our president was out over the weekend lying to us. He lies continually. And we accept it. It's not the oil company's fault that gas prices are at, you know, record highs, up to four fifty nine a gallon. Whatever you're paying four forty nine locally, I guess it's three uh, four thirty nine now. Oil went down six bucks a barrel today, which is good news. But I mean, it's it's going to stay high for the foreseeable future because of this administration, because of the administration's policies regarding natural gas drilling. It's banned fracking. It's it's a banned drilling on federal lands. No offshore drilling. If you want to, don't take my word for it. Biden said this during his debates with Bernie Sanders. He promised no f drilling on federal lands, no offshore drilling. What is what kind of message does that send to the markets? But he's blaming the oil companies, and Jen Psaki's out there doing the same thing. And the media just, you know, the only media outlet that challenges this communist administration is is Fox. They are trying to force us into this green energy nonsense. And they want to blame Vladimir Putin and they want to blame the oil companies. You know, it's Biden's reaction to the invasion in Ukraine, as Tucker Carlson pointed out, that's causing, that's really contributing to the inflation in this nation. He's attacked, he's att attacking global financial institutions in order to, to get at Putin. But America suffers and Americans suffer when you attack the global financial institutions because we're we're tied up in it. We're part of it. All right. Enough on Ukraine, because that's all I, I say. That's all we hear about. And I went on and talked six minutes about it. You know, Rand Paul, I, Rand Paul is one of my favorite politicians. I don't have many. Rand Paul is probably my favorite. He's calling for Fauci to be fired. I don't think he's alone. I think a lot of Americans are sick of Fauci, but he's not going anywhere. The guy's 80 years old. He's been a federal bureaucrat for, I think, four decades or better. But I'll read you the uh, the comment from, uh, the statement, I should say, from Rand Paul today. We've learned a lot over the past two years, but one lesson in particular is that no one person should be deemed dictator-in-chief. No one person should have unilateral authority to make decisions for millions of Americans. To ensure that ineffective Unscientific lockdowns and mandates are never foisted on the American people ever again. I've introduced this amendment to eliminate Dr. Fauci's, Anthony Fauci's position as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and divide his power into three separate new institutes. This will create accountability and oversight into a taxpayer-funded position that has largely abused its power and has been responsible for many failures and misinformation during this COVID-19 pandemic. And also Paul plans to vote to end this ongoing, these mask mandates on planes and other transportation. The mandate was extended last week by another month. It was set to expire March 18th. It's gonna go another month. And uh, so that's what Rand Paul's been up to. And I think most Americans were tired of the pandemic, understandably, but it's the way the federal government has handled the pandemic. They've lied to us. And also I heard today that the federal government the Biden administration actually paid media outlets to talk up the vaccines. 
why would the federal government, which has no money of its own, use taxpayer dollars to pay the media to talk up the vaccines? This, this is unbelievable what's happening to this country. Back briefly here to uh, Ukraine, North Carolina Republican Madison Cawthorn looks a lot like Tom Brady. I saw his picture. I'm saying, there's Tom Brady. I didn't know he was a <laughs> he was a, a congressman. Anyway, this uh, Cawthorn is facing backlash from both parties for insulting Ukraine's uh, president, uh, Zelensky, and his government as they defend the country against attacks from Russia. And he called Zelensky a thug. And he said, remember that the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt and incredibly evil, and it's been pushing woke ideologies. This is what Cawthorn said during a recent event with supporters, and now he's getting flack from both parties, as you would expect, because Russia's the bad guy in this, and the Ukrainians are the good guy, good guys. But I got, Cawthorn's 26 years of age, it says here. Made the comments, reported that... Uh, was unclear where he said it, but that he made several appearances over the weekend in North Carolina. The deep state people, Lindsey Graham, said the comments did not represent their party, calling Cawthorn an outlier in the largest sense possible. Joni Ernst, Republican from Iowa, reminded Cawthorn that uh, Russian President Putin was the one who chose to invade Ukraine. We know all that. But I think this Cawthorn, you know, he struck a nerve. How dare he refer to Zelensky as a thug? He's a good guy. All right, there was a, a story of, I don't know, maybe three, four days ago, and I, the media has not touched this. They've buried it for, you know, obvious reasons. But I find this disturbing. There's a, there was a poll taken. I mean, you look at Canada with the truckers, what they're doing in, in Canada. They're protesting they're at the risk of being put in jail. and uh, But they're protesting against the government and all these dictates from the uh, that idiot up north against their medical freedom. So the Canadian truckers, and you know, they're, also they're getting uh, the the possibility of their their bank accounts being frozen. But they're doing what they need to do. They do what men used to do. We look at the Ukrainians. They're fighting. They're fighting for their very lives in Ukraine. And their leader, I guess, I'm just ripping on Zelensky, but he stayed and asked for ammunition rather than getting a ride out to out of the country to safety. He could do that, but he's fighting for his country. That's what men used to do, and many still do. But that's not what a lot of men in America would do if we were attacked. There was a poll. I can't believe this. I still can't believe it. Now, we've been a beacon of freedom for other countries for decades. What if most Americans were faced with a situation as the Ukrainians are faced with, or the, the, the Canadian truckers? What would they do? Would they stay and fight for their country if they were invaded? I'm not talking about sending our young men over to overseas to fight a war that they're not going to win or not supposed to win. I mean, if they if we were invaded, there'd be no country that would be dumb enough to invade us. Well, maybe after reading this poll, you, you might think differently. There are a lot of people who say they would not fight, according to a new Quinnipiac poll. And you could pr- probably guess which political persuasion the uh, the runners would be. It, uh, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Not Republicans and not Independents either. And the age group that would flee, you'd be maybe not surprised at that either. So the results are I, I think disgraceful. Sixty eight percent of Republicans say they would stay and fight. I would think the number would be higher. Twenty five percent say they would run 
Among independents, those numbers are 5736. Among Democrats, listen to this, they're in negative territory. 52% of Democrats would cut and run rather than fight for their country, for their survival. 40% would stay here and fight. Among 50 to 64-year-old men and women, the stay-leave numbers are 6628. In other words, us old fogies would be the ones staying here and fighting. Men and women between the ages of 50 and 64. The younger people, 18 to 34, that you know, the prime age males, 45, 48. So a majority of prime-aged Americans whom the U.S. would need were such a crisis ever ever to happen, say they would flee if that crisis came about. That's that's re- really reassuring, isn't it? Not only would most Democrats run 52%, most of the people who are the age where you want young men to fight, you're in your physical prime when you're 18 to 34, they would run. Again, this is not a foreign conflict. This is right here on American soil. It's not surprising if you know, I observe the culture where I can. You look at some of these young men today, they are they, half of them are effeminate the way they even when the way they speak. They 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 dress and they speak so effeminately. We're in trouble. If we got invaded, I mean the Marines and the army, the, the men in the military, the men and women, I guess now you have to say, they're the they're the best among us. They're the bravest among us. But some of these people who spend all day behind a computer, and they, they talk like women, I, frankly, and they dress like women. I, and some of these people are in transition, too. That's, that's a, a whole show, a whole topic in and of itself. This movement where men are transitioning to women and vice versa, it's like you don't know who you're talking to or to whom you're speaking, I should say, to be grammatically correct. You know, I, I don't know. There are any number of reasons for why this is the way it is. I mean, you look back in the 40s, that generation – uh, the Pearl Harbor generation, I mean, the World War II people, and what they did, what they had to endure, we could never do that today. I mean, a remnant could, but some of, most of these people wouldn't be able to handle what Americans in, in those days handled. And why is it that way? I mean, why do young people despise their nation? They've been indoctrinated for decades in our government school system. They believe that America is the, the focus of evil in the world. Years of indoctrination in our schools and universities have turned away young people from their country. You can bl- chalk it up to the woke culture or whatever you want to talk about. I mean, it's, it's, it's communism, basically. These people are communists and Marxists, and they're fe- force-feeding our children in our nation's public schools. But you, you didn't hear anything about this poll anywhere else? I, I saw this on Red State and one other place. Maybe because... The media didn't cover it because it reflected poorly on Democrats. That makes sense. Most Democrats would run rather than fight for their country. So the, most people in the media are Democrats. They're not going to report on something like this. And this report here, and I think this is either from the Epic Times or Nick Arama wrote this. Nick Arama, and I think maybe Red State or Town Hall, one of those. Uh, on Tuesday's CBS Evening News, they were too busy spreading misinformation about Florida's parental rights legislation and touting a teacher strike in Minneapolis. They didn't mention this, this, this survey by Quinnipiac. As for NBC's nightly news, they whined about Florida's Surgeon General recommending kids not get vaccinated, and they continued their crusade against a Texas school district they've been stalking since 2018 with accusations of racism and bigotry. They'd rather focus on those stories and not one on one that reflects poorly on Democrats. 
who would not fight for their country. Well, we're going to focus on that kind of a thing here. You can bet on it. And we do that at the BMG Network, too. Not just this program, the Pac-Man program, but all the programs you hear on the, the BMG Network. We're Christian. We believe in God, family, country. And uh, we're lucky to be living in a country that we're living in. The kind of country America is, we have freedom to, to, uh, to criticize our government. There's a lot to criticize there. But we have a great nation. We should be proud of it, and we should be willing to fight for it and give our lives for it if, if, it, if it came to that. All right, that's about all we have time for. Again, if you like the program, hit like, hit subscribe, and tell your friends about it. Share uh, on Facebook. Share the program on Facebook. And uh, let us know how we're doing. Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N at the bmgnetwork.com if you want to contact me directly, all lowercase. And I want you to uh, make sure you listen to the Ken Burns Show, the Adrian Ross Show, and The Essentials with my daughter, Maddie Flint, and of course, this program. Thanks for tuning us in, folks. And if the Lord wills it, we'll talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.